welcome back to the show. Hope your afternoon's off to a great start. I'm your host, James Masson, and this is Inside Four Walls. Today we'll be discussing Americans still trapped in Afghanistan and revelation that the Pentagon was aware of the suicide bombings before they happened and did nearly nothing to prevent it from taking place, the same suicide bombings that killed 13 Americans. The same 13 Americans that Joe Biden pretends to grieve and mourn for. There will also be a 5 o'clock upload today. Mainly because I want to be done talking about Afghanistan. I've spent the last week and a half, maybe two weeks now, discussing and going over the news coming out of it. I'm really kind of over the story, but as long as there's interesting developments in it, I will continue to do these episodes about it. Though the tomorrow 8 o'clock upload will be something entirely different. It will be about how we gamers need to absolutely rise up. Because China is banning a certain thing relating to gamers. Perhaps the most important thing relating to gamers. With that being said, again, welcome to Inside Four Walls and let's get right into the news. Our first story was going to come from the source itself, CNN, originally where the interview took place, but it is sadly behind a paywall, so I'll be reading from The Independent instead. American woman trapped in Afghanistan and tear-gassed at airport. The last flight is gone, and we were left behind. An American woman and former military interpreter remains trapped in Afghanistan after the last U.S. flight departed. The U.S. citizen who goes under the pseudonym Sarah spoke to CNN's Chris Como from Cabal on Monday night, outlining how she attempted to get to the U.S. checkpoints but was tear-gassed. Sarah wanted to get as many people out of the country before she fled herself. Quote, I just can't believe no one told me that this was the last flight, she said to Como. Sarah, a... 37-year-old Afghans, sorry, Sarah and 37 Afghans she was trying to save were living in her house. She explained live on air how she went from gate to gate and managed to get through a Taliban checkpoint with a man she pretended was her husband with their, quote, six children. The group were approached at the airport when tear gas was deployed. Amid the, ga- amid the gas, Sarah kept moving and managed to message her contact, who was supposedly going to let her through. U.S. Checkpoint. She asked why they were being gassed. Quote, They said they're putting the gas for you so you can't get closer to the gate, explained Sarah. <laughs> As they were approaching the airport, Sarah, quote, started shouting, I'm an American. Please open the gate. I'm here to go home, end quote. But no one opened the doors, quote. They threw another, ga- they threw another gas, and I was knocked out for maybe 15 minutes, she said, recounting how she lost all the children she was trying to save in the incident including one child who was hit by a gas bullet. Oh, that's tragic. 
The U.S. and around 100 other countries released a joint statement on Sunday outlining the Taliban, outlining that the Taliban has given assurances that the airport will remain open and will continue letting foreigners and Afghans with the correct documents to leave the country after the August 31st deadline. Now, we don't need to act like it's not so fresh in our memories here. There was two suicide bombings that happened around the airbase in Kabul, the Kinar airfield. Now, 13 Americans were killed in this suicide bombing, and gunfire was exchanged between the British, the Americans, and the Taliban, and ISIS, all at the same time. It was a real shit show. Something the administration says could not have been prevented, because we didn't know. Sadly, this article from the from Politico, going over Pentagon released documents, clearly state otherwise. Exclusive, Pentagon prepared for mass casualties, attack at Kabul airport hours before explosions, detailed notes of three classified calls provided to Politico show top Pentagon officials knew of imminent threat, but struggled to close Abbey Gate. By Laura Shilgeman. Just 24 hours before a suicide bomber detonated an explosive outside Hamid Khorezai International Airport, senior military leaders gathered for the Pentagon's daily morning update. And, <clears throat> sorry, morning update. On the deteriorating situation in Afghanistan, speaking for a speaking from a secure video conference room on the third floor of the Pentagon at 8 a.m. Wednesday, or 4:30 p.m. in Kabul, Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin instructed more than a dozen of the department's top leaders around the world to make preparations for an imminent mass casualty event, according to classified detailed notes of the gathering shared with Politico. During the meeting, General Mark Milley, the chair of Joint Chiefs of Staff, warned of significant intelligence, indicating that the Islamic State Afghanistan affiliate ISIS-K was planning a, quote, complex attack. The notes quoted him as saying, commanders calling in Kabul relayed that the Abbey Gate were where American citizens had been told to gather in order to gain entrance to the airport was, quote, high risk, and detailed their plans to protect the airport. Quote, I don't believe people get the incredible amount of risk on the ground, Austin said, according to the classified notes. On a separate call that afternoon, or 12.30 a.m., on Thursday in Cabal, the commanders detailed a plan to close the Abbey Gate by Thursday afternoon Cabal time. But the Americans decided to keep the gate open longer than they wanted in order to allow their British allies, who had accelerated their withdrawal timeline, to continue evacuating their personnel based at the nearby Barron Hotel. Yeah. 
The British have fully evacuated every one of their armed service members, including their military canines. The Biden administration, however, actually abandoned most of the military canines there and evacuated a handful for a photo op opportunity. PETA and the Humane Society of America have been launching all sorts of social media attacks against the Biden administration. What you're seeing right now is the downfall and the death of a political administration. Kamala Harris is the lowest approved vice president in American history. Just this time last week, she was the lowest in nearly 100 years. Now she is outright the lowest. Joe Biden in a short time. Again, the month Joe Biden was above water with 60% approval rating. He is now in the high 30s and sinking fast. He attended a funeral in Delaware, and every five minutes he kept looking at his watch and acting clearly as though he did not want to be there and his patience was wearing thin with the funeral arrangements. When families were talking to him them or well sorry, when families were talking to him about their kids who had been lost in this whole evacuation effort. Joe Biden kept talking about Bo, his son who did not die in service and did not die from service. He was exposed to chemicals and died of cancer a hand, many years after his service career had ended. <laughs> now, back into the article. American troops were still processing entrance to the airport at Abbey Gate at roughly 6 p.m. in Kabul on Thursday when the suicide bombers detonated his explosive vest, killing nearly 200 people, including 13 U.S. service members. In the weeks before the attack, President Joe Biden and top administration officials spoke in public about a general threat ISIS posed to the airport. Biden even cited that the threat as a reason not to extend the military mission beyond August 31st. Well, perhaps Biden, you shouldn't have extended it past May 1st, the original withdrawal date. We've seen this administration continue to pass the buck onto everybody else. The same thing they condemned the Trump administration for. They always said he never took responsibility for his actions, and yet the Biden administration refuses to recognize that the buck stops with Joe Biden. Or at least, that's how it should be on paper, right? The president warned this week that an additional ISIS attack was highly likely. This account of the internal conversations among top Pentagon leaders in the hours leading up to the Thursday attack at the airport is based on classified notes from three separate calls provided to Politico and interviews with two defense officials with direct knowledge of the calls. Politico is withholding information from the Pentagon readouts that could affect ongoing military operations at Cabal Airport. The transcript of these three conference calls, authenticated by a defense official, details conversations among the highest levels of Pentagon leadership. It makes clear that the top officials were raising the alarm bells and preparing for a potential attack that they had narrowed down to a handful of possible targets 
and a 24 to 48 hour time frame. Projections that ended up being deadly accurate. Quote, The story is based on an unlawful disclosure of classified information and internal deliberations of a sensitive nature. Pentagon spokesperson John Kirby said in a statement, quote, As soon as we became aware of the material divulged to the reporter, we engaged Politico at the highest levels to prevent a publication of information that would put our troops and our operation at the airport at greater risk. I cannot imagine a greater risk than it is right now. The Joe Biden administration has been paying millions of dollars annually. I believe there's been multiple payments just this week leading up to the final, air quotes, final evacuation from Afghanistan. He hired the Taliban to provide security at the airport, which some documents are starting to suggest was not the original airport we should have been protecting, but Mark Milley made a resolute agreement to protect an airport, and he seems to have chosen the wrong airport. Ugh. Quote, we condemn the unlawful disclosure of classified information and oppose the publication of a story based on it while dangerous operation is still ongoing, he continued. Kirby, you were one of the people that came out and said, we got all the Americans who wanted to leave out. And yet, we have some 500 to 700 Americans still stranded over there, desperately trying to escape. <laughs> Meanwhile, Joe Biden says there's only about 100 Americans left there, yet no one in this administration can keep their numbers straight. They all see something different. In the amount on the fool, I guess. The White House declined to comment further. The intelligence about the security threat Cabal Airport detailed on the calls were relayed up and down the chain of command, according to the second defense officials. Speaking on condition of anonymity to discuss top secret conversations, the White House took the threat seriously and supported the commanders taking actions as they deemed fit. <sighs> the official said, adding, quote, there was, no mis there was no micromanagement from Washington of the effect to try and prevent this attack. <sighs> Meaning, there was no effort to stop this from happening. Though we did see the Biden administration take a drone, take two drone strikes out recently, one that supposedly harmed, one that supposedly killed two ISIS coordinators and a facilitator, and harmed, if not just outright wounded, a third person. Yet the Biden administration claimed that those were the only people killed or harmed in that drone strike, and yet it's come out since then that about 20 people were injured and killed. That had nothing to do with the conflict between the Taliban and the American soldiers trying to flee the country. Then they did a second drone strike on a van in a suburban neighborhood. Instead of killing a terrorist, they killed a family. Three little kids, ranging between the ages of two and six, were killed. Their older siblings, older sisters, and their father. Their family had to spend that afternoon picking their carcasses out from one another 
and placing them in caskets. In the interview, this same family said that they supported the Americans until this happened, and now they're changing death to America. This is not over. It is very far from over. I imagine before the year is over, or before the next year is halfway through, we will be sending more troops into Afghanistan. We are already talking about sending more drones over. We may have taken, let's say, 90 to 98%, because Biden said 90%, yet Kirby said 98% of the troops were evacuated. But even if we had managed to get 100% of the troops out, the fact that we're still sending money over there and having drones fly over there states the war is not over. The 20-year war is continuing onward. And the 20-year war is not officially over until every last bit of American equipment is out and we no longer go back over there. Measures to avert an imminent attack included closing two airports gate permanently, notifying the Taliban checkpoints of potential threat, and asking them to account for it in their seeming or in their screening procedures, limiting foot and vehicle traffic through the number of gates, and issuing alerts to American citizens warning them of specific threats at specific locations. The official said. <laughs> yes, well, they were not relaying any of these messages to the people at all. The Taliban actually welded many of these gates shut before this report even went out. On top of that, they did not communicate to people when. They did not communicate to any of the Americans there or the people trying to leave that the planes were leaving, what time they were arriving, when they were departing, and when they would be back to pick up more and more people. Yet this administration threatened both countries and independent operators who were flying in there with their own private planes to get people out, such as Glenn Beck and Ross Perot Jr. We also brought more Taliban, or sorry, correction, we brought more Afghans here than we did American soldiers. And on top of all that, as I've covered in previous episodes of the podcast, a large percentage of them were actually on the terror watch list. And most of them are not being vetted and allowed to walk out of these military bases in the U.S. where they are housed. The Pentagon is opening up multiple other military bases across the country in expectation of 50 to 60,000 more migrants in Afghanistan or Afghanis into this country. With an open border and bringing excess Afghanistans here, we are leading into some sort of population crisis. Quote, the U.S. forces, the HKIA, were, uh, were aware of and accounting for a variety of threats and exercising extreme vigilance, the official said, using the acronym for the Cabal Airport. Quote, we took numerous actions to protect our forces and evacuees, but no amount of effort will completely eliminate the threat of determining the enemy. Frustration with the Taliban Austin kicked off Wednesday's discussion by saying the threats would increase in the next 24 to 48 hours and instructed his team to remain laser-focused 
on evacuating American citizens from the city. The day before, the U.S. US and coalition forces had flown a total of 19,000 people from from Cabal in military and commercial aircrafts, the Pentagon said. Rear Admiral Peter Valsi, the commander of the American forces in Afghanistan and Major and Major General Christopher Donahue, someone we've discussed previous before, the Commander General of the 82nd Airborne Division, called in from Cabal Airport to detail threats to three airport gates, where the U.S. troops were moving in Americans and Afghans. Slated for evacuation along with Abbey Gates, the South and West Gates were also under threat, they said. According to the written notes of the call, they did not identify which of the two was speaking. According to the notes, Valsi and Donahue discussed how the Taliban were undertaking additional security measures and pushing back the crowds outside the airport due to the threat. Throughout the evacuation effort, the Taliban have instituted curfews and expanded security perimeter around the airport in an effort to help Americans increase security, the defense official said. But the military leaders on the call expressed frustration with the Taliban's persistent lack of cooperation. You hired the Taliban to be your airport security. You're an American army general. I don't know what you expected. Do you expect a working relationship? Because this is really just two very hostile exes handing over custody of the kid to the other. Anyway. Since the American military team in Cabal last engaged directly with Abdul Ghani Baradar, the leader of the Taliban, quote, it takes more bandwidth to get things moving, Valsali and Donahue said. According to the written notes of the call, quote, if a person wants to leave, but they get turned away by the Taliban at the Ministry of Interior Media location. We have instructed them to call us 24-7, they said, according to the notes of the meeting. The team had, quote, frequent and constant communications with the Taliban multiple times a day to try and resolve issues as they cropped up. The defense official told Politico, quote, many times they were successful, but that didn't mean that in subsequent hours or days, we wouldn't have similar problems popping up again. Quote, we probably ought to listen. After the early Wednesday morning meeting ended, a smaller group, including Austin, Central Command Chief General Frank McKenzie and Colin Call, the Pentagon's top policy official, convened at 9 a.m. to continue the conversation with McKenzie calling in from his Tampa headquarters. Austin once again expressed his alarm about the imminent attack. Quote, 
We probably ought to listen. When you have a former Joint Special Operations Commander and SEAL Commander on the ground saying it's a high risk, Austin said, referring to Valsley and Valsley and Donahue, were not described as being on the call. According to the, uh, excuse me, according to the classifications of call notes. Sorry, according to the classified call notes, McKenzie made it clear that the Americans did not have much of a choice in relying on the Taliban for securing the evacuees. And he predicted the militants would have less would be less willing to help us and less willing to help the US military effort the longer they stayed in Kabul. Even as the threat from ISIS K increased, the Taliban and ISIS K are sworn enemies, and defense officials have repeatedly said they have no reason to believe the two groups are collaborating. I hope you're right. <laughs> Quote, The ability of the Taliban to protect us and assist in pursuing American citizens and other groups that are willing to decay are... W- <sighs> I'm sorry. I'm quite tired, and that's no excuse for my terrible reading right now. Quote, The ability of the Taliban to protect us and assist in pursuing American citizens and other groups, that willingness will decay. And we're seeing leading-edge indicators of that today, McKenzie said on the Wednesday morning call. Quote, We do not need the agreement of the Taliban to pursue our principal objectives of getting out American citizens and other priority groups. McKenzie then offered a grave prediction about the success of the evacuation effort. Quote, we're not going to get everyone out. We'll get 90 to 95%. McKenzie said the call notes did not specify if he was talking about American citizens or everyone else who wanted to evacuate. Well, we have studies and statistics that are showing that some 80% of the people we got out of there were actually Af- Afghans, and most of them are not vetted or carrying SIV, or Special Immigration Visas. Back to the article. After the morning update, the team at the airport sprang into action, closing several of the gates, working with the Taliban to move through additional evacuees and developing intelligent targets related to ISIS-K. Helping allies complicates gate closures. At 4 p.m. on Wednesday or 12.30 a.m. on Thursday in Kabul, Austin's team at the Pentagon Central Command Headquarters and Kabul convened once more to prepare for the Secretary's evening update. At least nine officials were on the call. According to the call notes, Valsley said he was looking to shut down Abbey Gate. At that point, the team had permanently closed two of the airport's gates, Northgate and Eastgate, but left Southgate and Westgate open, he said. Leaders had already discussed with the Taliban additional security measures outside the gates. Valsley said and planned to have Abbey Gate closed by Thursday afternoon, Cabal time.
but Abbey's Gate was not closed on schedule. British forces had accelerated their drawdown from the bar and hotel just a few hundred yards away. Their main hub for evacuating UK personnel and the Americans had to keep the gate open to allow the UK evacuees into the airport, Valsley said. British officials could not reach could not be reached for comments before publication. The UK evacuees had not yet arrived when the attacks occurred. The defense officials told Politico the bomb claimed two British civilian casualties. Quote, Throughout Operation Pitting, which is the name of the operation, we have worked closely with the U.S. to ensure the safe evacuation of thousands of people, Expo- a spokesperson for the British Defense Ministry told Politico, referring to the effort to evacuate British citizens and Afghans. Quote, we send our deepest condolences to the families of the American victims of this senseless acts in Cabal and continuing to offer our full support to our closest ally. On the call, Valsley also described how NATO allies were having problems with the Taliban obstructing an earlier convoy, including Swedes, Danes, Dutch, and other personnel. Despite the tensions, the military continued relaying, relying to the militants precise details about the timelines for the withdrawal and the processes of getting American citizens through the gates, Vosley said, according to the call notes. They also allowed the Taliban to operate buses picking up people for evacuation, he added. A senior military intelligence official, not identified by name in the call notes, reiterated that they were continuing to see indications of ISIS-K planning a major attack and noted his team was in the midst of, quote, developing targets. He said, referring to ISIS-K, it would be helpful to close Abbey Gate, he said. It was all too late. The bombing at 6 p.m. cabal time came as Austin and Millie were in the White House conferring with the president, or conferring with the president, my bad. The blast rippled throughout the crowd of civilians. U.S. military personnel at Abbey's Gate killed roughly 200, including 13 U.S. service members, whom remains were reparated at a solemn um, were replicated at a solemn ceremony Sunday at Dover Air Force Base attended by Biden, Austin, Milley, and many other military officials. Yes, at this event Biden yawned and openly showed that he had no interest in being there. He checked his watch and rolled his eyes when parents came to confront him about the deaths of their children. And when one parent confronted him about his son being killed in this explosion, Biden would only talk about Bo. Now, Bo Biden is is Joe Biden's oldest son from his first marriage. (laughs) Bo, despite what the president says, did not die as a serviceman or a service member, nor did he die 
in service or the line of duty. He died many years after returning home from Iraq. He was exposed to depleted uranium, which years after his deployment ended, killed him due to cancer. And Biden made weak threats. No matter how tough our president acts, no matter how hard he may bang his hand on the podium and threaten to exert revenge through military means, the world knows how weak and powerless Joe Biden really is. And no one is taking his threats at all with the no one takes him or us seriously. We have a weak man in office who has done nothing but blunder over the last nine months. Biden vowed on Saturday to keep striking the extremist group amid continuing threats to the airport. Now, Biden has discussed ideas of how to go over there and get the airport reopened and functional again. He's also discussed his over-the-horizon strategy, which, in the most simplistic terms imaginable, is he's okaying drone strikes. He's already done two drone strikes, as I've already stated in this episode. Please, I encourage you and implore you to do your own research into these topics. And should you see anything I've done wrong or point out anything I've done wrong, please leave a comment. I do appreciate it. Now, this is the last bit of this article. Quote, this strike was not the last, Biden said in a statement. Quote, we will continue to hunt down any person involved in that heinous attack and make them pay. Well, we shall see about that, won't we? This article, again, was written by Laura Seelden. And with that, this episode of Inside Four Walls draws to a close. I would like to thank you for joining me this afternoon for this final episode of the day. I know I said I would do a 5 o'clock upload today, but I am very sick and not feeling very well today. I apologize for the sniffles you may be hearing. I'm leaning away from my microphone whenever I do it, so hopefully it's not that unbearable to hear. That being said, this has been Inside Four Walls. I am your host, James Masson, and I wish you and everyone you know a very safe and pleasant evening. And to those men and women of the armed services who may be listening to this, thank you for your services.